We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sings. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Listen in to the glory land chorus. Listen to the glad hosannas roll. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Get a little taste of joys awaiting. Get a little heaven in your soul. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Heaven glory share. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. Today we want to talk a little bit about the healing power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we definitely believe that he's not only a savior, but a healer. I'd like to read something from the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. And it says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, nor calmliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And we find that Peter, when he wrote to the church, he mentioned or referred to that verse of Scripture in 1 Peter 2.24, and I'd like to read that. He said this, talking about Jesus now, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye are as sheep gone astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So we want to talk about that today, but we've got a testimony today, and uh, I'd like to play that testimony. And this is a sister that came to church and and uh, gave her testimony, and we recorded what we could there. 
And uh, I believe if you listen real close, you'll get a blessing out of this testimony, a powerful testimony about God's ability and what God can do. And then we're going to have a song about the healing power of God. But right now, we want to hear from Sister Debbie Kopeck, and she's going to be giving her testimony about what Jesus has done for her. Okay. Um, September 2016, um, I was at home, and I um, felt sick. I went back to the bedroom, and um, I laid down, and um, if it wasn't for Stan's daughter, she was staying with me. Um, she heard me making noises back in the bedroom, and she came back. I was covered with blood. I had aspirated, and she called her dad to come over real quick, because he lives close to us, and um, he called then my niece across the street, then they called the ambulance. The ambulance said if they were to take me to the hospital, I would have died on the way. So Life Light landed right across the street from us. They have it set up. So they Life Lighted me down to Pittsburgh. Um, I went to Presby first. Presby said there was nothing that they could do for me that um, they were giving me a time frame of uh, that I would live. Uh, I, now, I was totally unconscious all this time. The last thing I remember is um, my brother was there, and he pushed me in one of our, I have like those roller chairs, he pushed me in a chair back to the bedroom. I remember a little bit of the hallway. That's it. I don't remember anything else. Um, my, my husband, Mark, and my daughter, Ashley, insisted on Presby sending me to Allegheny General Hospital because they knew they do transplants there. So finally they did. Well, I was on the list for the transplant and then they would take me off. There was some kind of number. Anyway, um, finally they had sent me to um, like a personal care home because I wasn't uh, sick enough to stay in the hospital or whatever. But anyway, they, um, um, I got real bad in there and they had to ship me back down to Pittsburgh, down to Allegheny. I was in intensive care. Um, they was telling my family that um, there was really, they didn't know if there was going to be anything they could do, that the organs just weren't coming in. And they called my whole family in. They said, she's not going to make it. She's, she's going to die. And my husband said that he had said to my daughter, we need to prepare ourselves because we think mom's not going to make it. But you know what? Jesus was there with me. His hand was there. I always think of a song that we used to sing before about standing in the shadows you'll find Jesus. And he was, he was standing in those shadows. But when everybody was crying out and praying, he stepped out of the shadows and he moved his hand upon me. And as I said before, one thing I have to say, Jesus is still on the throne. If you think that he's not, 
he's not answering or whatever, oh, just pray with all of your might and he will step up and he'll be there for you. And I am, the doctors and everyone has said that I was just, I was their miracle child because um, they didn't think that, that um, I was going to make it through. And here I am. When I came home, though, it was like, I was like a baby starting all over again. I had to learn how to feed myself. Um, my, Mark and, and my daughter Ashley, they would have to feed me. Um, I wore a diaper. Uh, like a child, they would have to change me because uh, I had no control. But then as I come along and with the help of the Lord and the prayers, the Lord brought me through so much. And now, I mean, no one has to feed me. I don't have to wear a diaper. Um, and um, one thing I can do, I can praise the Lord. I can keep him on my mind. I always keep him on my mind because I, I you know, I also, I died two times uh, while in the hospital and they had to resuscitate me. And I didn't, one of those times that I died, I had a glimpse of heaven. And it is so serene and so, just so calm. I wanna go there. I wanna go there so bad because I know that that is a wonderful place. And just to, to touch that, just, it's just, I, I don't even know the words to explain. It was just so wonderful. I didn't see, I didn't see Jesus. I just felt a complete calm and uh, serenity. And I seen though, my oldest sister who passed away years ago. And she was there working in the garden. But it wasn't like it was labored or anything like that. It was just like, just calm. And she never looked at me though. She never turned around and looked at me. But then when I woke up, I thought, I wanna go there. And I thank the Lord for everything he's done. As I had said before, I wondered about prayers being answered, healings and all of that because it seems like you haven't seen stuff like that for so long, but the Lord is still on his throne. He's still answering prayers. He's still healing. He's still moving in a miraculous way if we just let him do it in our life, because here I am. All right, we want to thank Sister Debbie for that testimony, and what uh, a wonderful uh, well, uh, maybe a terrible experience, and yet a wonderful outcome because uh, Jesus has brought her a long way. She still has a long way to go, and she admits that. And uh, anybody out there that believes in prayer, uh, won't you remember her in prayer, Sister Debbie Kopeck, that God will just bring her all the way and restore her 100%. He sure has brought her a long way thus far. At this time, we have a song, and... Uh, Walt Mills was singing it, and it's about this healing Jesus. And that's what we want to think about today and look in the Word of God, a few stories here, because He is still a healer 
and a savior.
What a healing Jesus. I'd like to read a little bit from the ninth chapter of Matthew about that healing Jesus. And you know what the Bible said? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. It says here, And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemous. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power to men. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus said at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, He that be whole needs not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth, and I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And yet today I find that that's very difficult in a lot of the churches for people to really grasp that. They want to see everybody in the church perfect. Don't realize that the ministry is laboring to try to get enough word into the people that the people will take a hold of that word, that that word will perfect them. And they just think they should come to church and become perfect immediately. And um, then, like I have said before, if the church is perfect, they don't need me. They're already ready to go, and uh, they don't need the pastor. Uh, I could go someplace else and work with people that have a need. That's what Jesus is trying to tell them here. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride, well, first of all, they they uh, come to him about fasting. Let me read that. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast off, but thy, thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment, for that which is put in it to fill it up taketh away from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine in old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. 
while he spake these things unto him, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thine hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him and did as uh, so did his disciples. And behold, a woman was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But when Jesus turned himself about, when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. That is the most important thing. If we could just reach out and touch Jesus by faith. When I heard Sister Debbie's testimony, her hope, her only hope, was to have Jesus touch her, her touch Jesus, make that contact. And it has to be done by faith, and then help can come. That was her only hope. The hospital already said there's nothing else they could do. And uh, she had to have a transplant, and they didn't have nothing for her at that moment. And it looked like it was over, and God had to work things out for her. So if uh, you can touch him by faith, Jesus turned around and said, Thy faith, thy faith has made thee whole. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. And he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. And how many times you get talking about the power of God and, and experiences that we've had, things that we've saw, and people will get a little smirk on their face or some just laugh right out loud. Uh, some people just can not believe that Jesus is still the same and he will be the same. Like the scripture said, yesterday, today, and forever. Well, they didn't really believe it, and they was laughing. And, uh, and when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all the land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, same thing, now watch this, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. And the eyes were open, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that you tell no man. But I want you to notice this, that he had to ask them that question. Do you believe that I can do it? And uh, they said, yeah. And he touched their eyes. According to your faith, be it unto you. And faith is very difficult. Very difficult. Now, a lot of people, they talk faith as long as it's somebody else involved. But when you're the one that is facing death or facing a, uh, an almost impossible situation. You don't know how you're going to handle it. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. And uh, uh, if you can just reach out and touch Jesus by faith, all of a sudden you have to get that faith that even though everything looks impossible, 
you look to Jesus and realize, I can't do it, but I know one that can. And you begin to reach out and you touch him by faith. And whenever that faith is released, and I've heard uh, one particular preacher one time talking about different things that was done in the Bible, like the man that was told to go wash and uh, came back seeing. And uh, how about back in the Old Testament, Naaman, he had to go dip seven times. Well, if he just went five times or six, I don't think he'd have got his healing. But because he obeyed the prophet, that was faith in action. He put his faith in action. So if you have faith in God, you really believe in God, he is uh, able to do, the, well, the Bible said in Ephesians, uh, the third chapter, about verse uh, 20, he said he can do exceedingly abundantly, exceeding abundantly, more than you could ask or even think. I would, uh, well, that's powerful. Exceeding abundantly, more than you could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. And to think about that, and to think that Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. If we could just reach out by faith and know, and just like she said, Jesus was standing there in the shadows, and uh, uh, he reached out and touched her. She touched him by faith, and that's when things begin to turn around. And I, I, I remember so many things. I don't want to take the time to uh, tell stories one after another, but I could. I could tell you about great things that has happened. I've seen it in my lifetime, the power and manifestation of the Almighty God. But my advice is read the Word of God here and pay attention to that thing that Jesus is talking about. You reach out by faith. You touch him by faith. Your faith is what has made you whole. Faith in who? Faith in the one that paid the penalty that you could have salvation and healing. I've often said this and winding up, I see your time slipping away. But why would he ever suffer the stripes that he did, have his face ripped open with whips and everything else if he did not want to heal you? Why would he take that? He could have stopped it, but why did he do it? He did it so you could have your healing. I believe that we still have a healing Savior today. I believe you still can be healed if you really reach out and touch him by faith.
you have been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron.